Hello and welcome back to Reading Radio Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Jason. And today we have two special guests with us. My sister, Zoe, and my mother, Heather. This month we are doing um, Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger. She remembered the name! Yay! (laughs) I'm getting evil glares, people. You should know. You know I edit that part out every time. That's fine. (laughs) So this is a book... I had read the series quite a while back now, um, and I forgot my sister to read it, and so she was got obsessed, and then we got Dad to read it through the audiobook, and then Mom felt left out, and now Mom is like on the third book, Zoe's on the second, Dad started the second. It's a whole mess. I've created monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but this has worked out fairly well, because we've got some spare time between sports seasons, so... They're coming to a close. We're recording this in, the, in mid-October. Secret Garden will come out before we publish this one by a long shot. So it's actually heading into the Christmas season. Hope you guys are having happy holidays by the time this is released. Yeah, I know. It feels like forever <laughs> and a day, right? But we won't release this until December. Interesting. Right? So overall impressions. We talk without spoiler zone, so don't spoil anything for the book. But we're going to uh, talk about... The age you think it is, for age appropriateness, talk about your overall score on the book, and just overall impressions, like how, what, what were you thinking coming into it, maybe? Um, for going into it, I had a pretty good impression from how much Laura loved the books, and we have very similar tastes in book books. Um, probably for age rating, I would go with nine to i mean alora's 14 and she still loves it so Uh, i'm 41 and i still loved it (laughs) yeah so it's a very good fantasy light book but it also has a bit of darker moments and mysteries and twists that it gets into um my rating would be personally for me i absolutely adored the book uh i would do a five i don't know for everybody else we're pretty stingy with our fives, so I'm a little bit shocked. I always give every book a five. Good for so you. Far. All right. Oh, goodness. For me, I think I'd have to agree with Zoe in regards to age. Uh, I feel a seven or six year old could listen to the audiobook, or it would be a good read aloud in the family. Uh, to read solo, there's. Not too many things that are complex. Uh, again, names and city names, you know, it's make-believe land, so those can get a little distracting, but as long as you don't mind that, definitely a solid age eight. I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was pretty much just in a lull of books. I didn't have any that I was currently reading. And after everyone started, Alora was right. I felt left out. Um... As far as rating... So your score. I know, I know. As far as rating, first book only. See, people, I'm I'm at number three. That's what makes it hard. It would change my scale. First book only, I'd be three and a half or four. There was a lot of people without any body. Like, it's an introduction book, and so it... Introduces it some characters. You, yes. Well, that's fair. You have to kind of take that under consideration. I had no idea what I was thinking of coming into it. I just remember you had talked about it for months, 
you had talked about it recently, and I was like, well, I've got an extra credit in Audible that I could... I don't know what I was expecting coming into it. I'd heard about it from Alora for months, and then Zoe was into it, and I thought, well, if they've both read it, if I read it, we can do it for the show as part of, as for our next book. And so I got the audiobook and started listening to it, and I think I did it... I'd have to look. I think it was close to 13 hours, and I probably did it in two days. But I listened to books at about time and a half to double time. Age-wise, I don't think there was anything inappropriate. If you're going to read it by yourself, eight's probably fine. Or Sorry, read it with your family. Eight's probably fine. Read it by yourself. I don't know. When I was a kid, I read books with, with people who had weird names, and if I didn't know how to pronounce them, I just I called them different things. The Knights of Solomnia were you know, the Knights of Solemn to me. And, like... I just said whatever I knew, and then one of my friends and I discussed it. That's where I learned how to really pronounce it. And we argued, because you never had audiobooks back then, so Drist versus Drizzit still is a fight to this day. <laughs> uh, so what I Oh, and my score, I'm going to give this one a solid four, because I laughed, I cried, I was several times walking out yelling at the kids for making me read this book. Did it, you cry? Did you emotional. really cry? It was he emotional. Did cry. It was emotional. We'll talk about that in the spoiler zone because we can't give anything away. So apparently I am a heartless heathen because I did not cry at all. We already knew that. <laughs> Ouch. What do you rate the book at? You oh, said, right. I said, three, I said, said four. four. four? Okay. I said four. So Adrian, I think eight is pretty good. I mean, there, towards the end it gets a bit darker, but it's not like violence, no depictions. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler zone. Can't say anything. <laughs> um... My reading, I'm going to say a four. It was a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. So, all right. We have all our scores. We have Anyone all our ages. Anyone want to give a brief summary of the boiler-free book? Did you say boiler-free? <laughs> <laughs> I will. All right. Spoiler-free synopsis. All right. So, this uh, book follows a character, Sophie, when she figures out that she's not human? Can I say that? You could say that. That she's not human and she's an elf, so one of her close friends has to uh, come and explain, take her to the elf world, and the first book is really her just adjusting to the new world and learning a lot of different stuff that, of course, you learn with her. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. We are now entering the spoiler zone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you've not read Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger, I highly recommend you stop this recording. Or if you don't care, don't complain to us in the comments. Do it now. Go get the book. Read it. It shouldn't take you long. Like I said, listen to it in two days. Come back. Listen to the rest of the podcast because we are now going to spoil the crap out of this book. You've been warned. First of all, two questions. One, am I the only one who put together that her last name is Foster and she was a foster child? I didn't. No, I did not. I might have thought about I feel like I just got points in Boggle, like no one else had, yeah. to, <laughs> had the thing that I noticed. Second. Right. Um, whose tribunal was it? So when they first get to the elf world. Yeah, yeah, we can get that. We'll get this back up, talk a little bit. Is there anything <laughs> in the beginning that really needs to be discussed? Um, I wish. Never mind. We can... Oh, she's... Uh, she's too ahead. This is what happens when y'all read ahead. If you had waited till, like, till we got I this recording done... I gave up on having this on it. I have read all eight books. Yeah. Um, so you just keep your mouth shut and the rest of us will talk. So... Bye. I really honestly think it's pretty good. 
it gets to the point relatively quickly with some adventure while it's getting to the point which is nice uh starts at the museum she knows pretty much a know-it-all which gives a lot about her personality by saying that uh, but also troubled. Like, she's not Hermione. Like, she's a right. know-it-all that's not Hermione. She doesn't want to be. She doesn't draw attention to that fact. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, it shows a aspect of her isolation mm-hmm. that she is a solitary figure. She doesn't want to be, mm. she just but doesn't that's know how, how she is. She doesn't know how to fit because nothing is quite right. She just is who she is, and she lives through that. So... Even even in her transition, you know, she shares all of these aspects of isolation mm-hmm. and not knowing how to, at her at young age, care for herself on her own. Well, because if you can read people's minds, it's going to be hard to make friends. I, so immediately we start reading this, and I'm thinking Charlene Harris's, uh, I forget the actual name, it's the, the uh, True Blood series, but whatever she actually called it, the Vampire Mysteries or something like that, where this, it started like the same character. She can read minds, she can't stop it. And they dealt with some of those same issues. So immediately I'm thinking, oh, okay. This, this is, is where it's going. It's borrowed from that. And then, of course, it hits the museum, which I thought was, that was an interesting intro. You're right. Got in quickly. Mm-hmm. She has a little adventure. You start to see some things opening up. She, they're planting the seeds of how did this happen? How did this happen? With like, How did the article even get written? Because her parents were mad about it kind of thing. Right. And then introduce Fitz. Fitz. The weird boy with the teal eyes that's staring <laughs> at her. Yes. That'd be so freaky, man. Because she's like only 12 and he's like 15, 16. Right, And right. so this guy just comes up to you. You've never met before. It's like, this is you. I'm like, uh, bye. <laughs> Gotta go. Well, I think you also have that moment when she's so used to hearing all of the sounds and all of the people. And again, you know, you live in that... I'm Uh a senior and I'm 12 and getting ready to graduate. And here comes this first person that you've ever met that you don't hear. Right. It took her a few minutes to realize that. Right. You Mm -hmm. don't hear the telepathic signals coming through. And so not only do you look different, but now you've been approached by someone on a newspaper that you didn't want to be on in the first place. And now I can't read you. That's just, that would be panic mode for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I would not have ran outside. I probably would have ran to a teacher or a security guard, but I'm more of a goody two-shoes at we, that point. We've also, we've also established that kids in young adult novels do stupid stuff. Yes! <laughs> They're like horror movie characters. The worst possible decisions you can make, they have to make to proceed with the plot. Otherwise, the, the movie would have been over, or the book would have been over quickly. True. Speaking of movie. Oh, oh yes. I wish. Oh, for this? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We can talk about casting it later, but... So, do we want to go to where she actually goes to the... Oh, I guess that's skipping too far. Yeah, I mean, the next question I had was around... When they arrive at the, mm-hmm. the elf world for the first time, there's a tribunal going on. Right. Which we find out early on is a huge deal, because that elves never don't happens. break the law. So, whose tribunal was it? What was happening there? And either you're playing really good poker, which you don't do, or she doesn't answer that question yet, and it's something planted till... Like, maybe the next book or the end of the series? Or a red right. herring. Could be a red herring. I, I hope not, because I, I feel like this is going to be the most thing itching at the back of my brain. Like uh-huh. I, I will be writing her letters for years after the series is over going, whose tribunal was it? <laughs> you know, that's kind of the same way as the Foster uh, thing that you brought up. Never crossed my mind. It could be pure coincidence. It was just like, oh, 
Tribunal. Okay. Oh, see, I got. I, I don't think I realized that until almost to the end. I went, oh, her name's Foster. And, you know, not having any parents anymore. But see, with the Tribunal, I felt that it just laid the groundwork to understand the severity of it. I never, ever considered who the Tribunal was for. I just knew that then when she was called upon for that, you felt the weight of it because it had already been broached and you knew that it was a very serious situation. So interesting how you both took that differently. Yeah. I mean, I think I was on the same boat as mom's like, oh, so this is a big deal. And then she has like four within the first book. (laughs) And it's like, good job. So I thought for sure that her parents had their memories changed when they sit when he she asked early on if they were her real parents or if she was adopted mm-hmm. i thought when they were like no i absolutely i remember it happening i thought hmm. the elves just i mean we know they can change memories right right so did did her mom give birth to her was she like an, an, uh, what do they call it in vitro fertilization yeah. kind of thing or did they just change her memory to make her think make them think that she was good question honor? Probably make them think. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about a children's or a young adult book. But well, no, still. I mean, you still have the question of where, where did she come from and how. Yeah. You know. But we have that question. Allura may not. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Don't look at the Allura. Um, then, I know this is skipping kind of far, but my favorite, and I guess that's skipping way too far. Uh, so they get to the Vacker's place? Wait. Yeah. Yeah, is it Vacker? <laughs> I love using last names for characters. Um, so they get to Fitz's house with where you meet Alden, um, who's a really great character. Uh, just has nice, I guess, entry into it. Um, you get to know a bit more about the elf world, and then you meet the counselors for the test that she knows nothing about. Well, see, this is what you brought this up, but I think it's interesting. She uses that first person, there's a better term for it, but the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Same with Harry Potter. The character doesn't know anything about the world. You don't know anything about the world, so you get to learn it as Mm -hmm. you enter it together. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a really good device to use because you don't have to overwhelm people with knowledge. Like, Tolkien, when he brings something up, you get 20 pages of history on that thing so you can understand it. I don't need to know all that. Only tell me what I need to know. And I think the the device used here, and I forget what the official name for it is, but does that really well. Mm-hmm. Especially as she gets to the counselors, because she, what's going on here? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Why is this going on? Who's that? And it works out really well. She gets to the counselors for the test, and Fitz is like, she has this unblo- this unbreakable mind. I can't read her mind. Um, Alden can't read her mind. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Because even they produce those questions of, like, they don't know why she's so different. Right. She's not just a normal elf. Yeah. Which, not to beat on the same isolation drum again, but she gets excited because she finds where she should belong, and yet she's still not normal, not, you know, exactly how everyone expects her to be. And one of the first things that's said to her is, like, you have brown eyes. 
and that just draws attention to something so different that, like, you don't realize it's different because in humans it's normal. Right. And she can't control it, and it's just another fact that makes her stand out so completely. Yeah, but if somebody had teal eyes or purple eyes, it would stand out. Yeah. Colored contacts, people. Colored contacts. Make her look normal. It's another one of those things where the Harry Potter world doesn't do... Like, there's... Owls are a waste of time. Just text. Like, why are we still sending owls? But... The elves are supposed to be a more advanced technology species than... It's not magic. It's, you know, what is it in Thor? Science. Magic is a science you don't understand yet. Yeah. And so I don't know why they don't use colored contacts or, you I know. mean, they said they have potions that change. Hair. So she could do that. Right, because it became popular when she showed up. Yeah, everyone changed it to brown. Yeah. So once we started hitting this space where she gets into school, and they talk... Well, as soon as they start talking about Foxfire, I was like... Okay, so now we've shifted from Sookie Stackhouse to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And I expected it to just walk that line, and I was pleasantly surprised that I, other than the fact that it's set in a school, I never felt like it was um, derivative. Mm-hmm. I never felt like it was rep- it was just right. copying off her and changing the names and kind of putting a new stamp on it. Because, like, even with that, in Harry Potter, there's, like, Hermione, the smart kid, Harry, the, like, uh, main character Enron the tag along. Not to be rude for all those Ron fans. But with this, there's not really those set in stone characters. But to mom's point, those characters in the first book didn't grow a lot. The only reason some of them stood out to me, okay, so you've got the rich friend, the poor friend, and the one that you girls well that you squeal over. Like that was the obnoxious jerk. Well, I don't think he's a jerk. He's well, a little cocky. In the beginning, though, I mean, he has that air. It, me, as a parent, if that kid was hanging out with my kids, I would be like, eh, eh no more Keith. Fair enough. <laughs> I love my heart. Also how, like, Vienna is introduced as a jerk. Right? Like, she's not as mean as Stina, but she's still like, is that my dress? And just, like, what are you doing with my brother? Who the heck are you? Mm-hmm. But she's the older sister, right? No, she's younger. younger. Oh, is she younger? She's the same okay. age as Sophie. And so I'm just like... That's an interesting way to introduce it instead of them just all coming fr- becoming like friends. friends. It's just like I don't know who you are, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Well, because girls tend to be that way when they first meet till you till you find something to click with. Guys will fight it out the first time. <laughs> girls are just like a little I don't know about you. Yes, I'm being s- sexist, but I'll live. Uh, and then my my my. Actually, the first part I cried at was when Sophie went back to her family the second time. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what you would like. I would never thought to ask, is there a way you can just erase me from them? That'd be so hard either way. But it was such a, it was a beautiful sacrifice, right? Yeah. Hermione. Even, you know what, though? It didn't stick with me with Hermione. Because, like, she never really mentioned it again after the... After, like, Sorry, are we spoiling Harry Potter at this point? Do we have to put a spoiler warning on that? <laughs> yeah. if, you read, if you're listening to this show and you haven't read Harry Potter, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. But I'm yeah, like, when, when Hermione did it... it's only in the movie. She talks about it. It happens. They just uh, okay. they don't show it. Um, but yeah, like that, that got to me. Because it, it was such an amazing sacrifice for a child character to make. And then the idea, like, she's going to have to suffer with that memory. I might have asked for her them to erase the parents from my memory as well. I don't that would know. make it worse, though. You wouldn't like, know any better. 
No, I wouldn't need to, like... Oh, I know. I don't know that I'd want to, but it would just be so painful. And then... Yeah, that was sad. My mm. worst thought mm. is... Because I am Sophie's age. I'm 12. And me putting myself in that position is... I was in the back of the car. We were going to a place, and they hear me crying in the back. And we like, turn around, and she's, like, sobbing. I am. It's the first book that has ever made me cry. So, congratulations, Shannon Messenger. <laughs> I don't know if that's an award she was looking for. <laughs> I wonder, like, I almost went to bed. I have a life here. Can you erase the elven world from me? Just let me go back and, like, be as normal as I can be. I don't know. Just teach me how to block the tel- telepathy and I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. What's the first candy that no. Dex gives her? Oh, Dex? With the, with the little pin. Like, it has Paddles. a pin. What? Prattles. There's, I can't find the recipe for that one. It was like oh, she said it was based off of Cracker Jacks with like the little yeah, like a little twin can- side. But but not the the candy itself wasn't Cracker Jacks. It was supposed to be kind of like this soft, like harder outer shell, but a marshmallow cream inside. Mm-hmm. And I, I want Prattles. Okay. It just sounds amazing. Did you dunk the marshmallow in homemade caramel like you do with chocolate? Okay, we're all way off topic here, folks. <laughs> no, no. This is a baking show. Okay, we need okay. a Keeper of the Lost Cities cookbook, is my request. That's where There I are recipes available on the website. Cook, you know. Cookbook. Keeperofthelostcities.com. Anyway, anyway. Um, so we, we talked about her family, which I love that they bring in Ella, the little stuffed elephants. <laughs> I, and I love that Fitz goes and gets it for her, like that sweet friend moment. Uh, and it's, it's almost the sweet. perfect moment. Like, she finally realizes everything that's happening. The world is, like, her whole world is collapsing in on her. Then he leaves and just leaves her alone with her parents' and sisters' bodies unconscious on the floor. And everything just sinks in, and the reality, and it almost is the same thing for the reader as well, because it's like, this is what's happening. She's losing everything. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> She's losing everything. Yeah, I can see that. And it's it's just so sad and a touching and sweet moment. I feel like, and then... And you both, like, stare at me about the stuffed animals because I'm giving you... (laughs) (laughs) I always pick on you for having so many. You're like, see? It's normal. But then I love... She has one. That you know of. Fair enough. That you know (laughs) And then I love when she goes back... Is it... Is there's Havenfield? Yeah. No, Everglen. Everglen. And and Della's there, and Della's just this sweet mother character that's just there for Sophie. And, like, you, no. just, you just want the dresses. I do. <laughs> I so do. I wear the guy's clothes. So I was shocked when they said, though, that because I, I assumed Alden was going to adopt her. That was perfect. And they were like, yeah. no, we're, we're going to send you to slip somewhere else. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then it, it worked out perfectly since death mm-hmm. is not something that's really experienced by the elves. And they lost a daughter. But at the same time, then Sophie's going to be playing second fiddle to a ghost. Like, that's... The shoes you have to fill for and that? And you're never going to be able to. So I don't know if that's more more fair or worse. I don't, I don't know if that's the would be the right decision in a real-world situation, but I think for a story it fits pretty well. Yeah. And then I like that all the animals that she gets to deal with and, like, learning about all of, like, 
their kind of her human history is actually like not history. I love the fact that the T-Rex has neon green feathers. Yes! And Atlantis, I guess, is one of those pieces in there. Oh yeah, that Atlantis was real, but mm-hmm. that's why we knew the real name of it instead of the other. Mm-hmm. And tying that together with human mythology was cool. Yeah, everything they did that well in quite a few places. Mm-hmm. I just love when they're talking about light travel, and she's like, "No, you need infinite energy." Who told you that, Einstein? Well, he must be an idiot. Like Einstein is literally the word we use for smart people. I know it's just like. I love the struggle she has led because she has to like switch off the part of her brain that says levitation's impossible and this is like something you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should un- unlearn a lot of things that she learned and since she has like a photographic memory, that's got to be super difficult. Yeah. And then I like meeting Dex. Oh, it was such just a fabulous moment in Atlantis. So those of you who have read more than the second book can just shut up for a second, but because may, you, you may already have the answer. But I just want to know why Dex hates Fitz so much. Is did there was there history in the past where they did something went wrong and they fought, or is it just the different classes that they have? And Dex um, is kind of an outcast because his dad does weird stuff. Or it, you don't have to answer. I think it. I think class. Yeah, I think it's the class thing, and I think the author does a fantastic job of giving this outside glimpse that Sophie has that the elven world seems perfect when you first arrive. And they try to put that facade on that it is perfect. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, you know, just like the Forbidden City is just, you know, where humans live there are flaws there are large flaws everywhere including mm-hmm. the classes and you know the ability that the nobility may snoot down in their nose and just assume that everyone is as they say you know happy in their place because they're all doing what they're what they're made to do whether they have a talent or not yeah well, even the extreme just because you got born with a better talent you get to have the little transporter thing that takes you to more places because the nobilities goes to 500 places, but um, whoever wasn't nobilities, theirs could only go to 250. Yeah. The chandelier like that. that does the teleportation. Elite master. Elite master. Going yeah, elite master 250. And, but if you're a nobility, you can have the 500. Why? You're talking about a place where nobody has a limit on money because you all get the same amount of money. There's lot, literally no scarcity. Why would you put artificial limitations on it except to divide classes? I also love the fact that um, the Disney's Dex's family just flaunts the fact that they're awkward and weird because they yes. have like the weird place that no one wants to go into, but they have, have to. to. <laughs> yes. So having done the audiobook, I was very disappointed to learn that it's not spelled like Walt Disney. Oh, <laughs> actually, I liked that. I was to say I think I liked it better that it was just like that that tip of the hat, that nod He's of got, I've got my own park. <laughs> and I love. The Disney watch that Sophie gives Dex. Yeah, oh, that was cute. so sweet. That's cute. Um, but I like, uh, I like the boy in the hallway. So, uh, he's my favorite character. A Laura, Laura bought a book that's also illustrated, but has annotated. Annotated. Yeah. Um into it so it has Shannon Messenger's notes in it and originally Keith didn't have a name he was just the boy in the hallway 
and I am so thankful that she actually made him Keith because I do write my own a little bit of my own stories and I always have a sassy character and Keith is just that sassy character that I can't quite write and I just love him. For as sassy as you are, I'm surprised you have trouble writing those characters. <laughs> just write what you would do. <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's move along just a little bit because I think we're getting... We're mo- we have, what, 30 minutes in? Yeah. Something like that? Um, I- I'll go right to it. I walked out of the room. Mom hadn't read anything at this point. I'm just looking at the girls mad. Going, and so it wasn't even there. It was just me again. <laughs> you always get mad You're at like, me. What? What? And I, all I could say was, canceled. <laughs> when they she read that thing that the adoption was canceled, I'm like, okay, so... I'm adopted, but not in the same kind of way. Like, not in the same kind of way that most people are, because it was within family. But that, I still like lean into those characters, and for that to happen, uh, that's when I. It's a, I was like crying, but mad, and like didn't know what to do. And Alors was like, "Just go finish the book." Fine, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll go finish the book. And then I probably would have something stupid and like ran away. Even if not, like, permanently, I would have just taken stuff and ran, maybe going to, De- like, Dex's or Everglade. De- like, not stayed there. Right. It is... It, it is neat, though, that they brought it back t- to help see Grady and... Adeline. Adeline's point of view. Like, grief from an elven perspective is so much deeper than, than we understand because it's so rare. And so it really wasn't about her. It was just about the fact that they were so destroyed and heartbroken that they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And they doubted themselves. Which is why at the end it was kind of nice for them to say, you know, we totally understand if you want to live with Alden, but we would love to have you as well. And it was just that moment of, no, I'm going to go live with Grady and Adeline. It's like, ah, yes! yes! That's a great choice. Plus, you don't want to be dating your brother later in life. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But do you remember what you came out and said at one point during the reading of the book? I mean, it was almost blasphemous, but... Are you talking about? You came out and you said, I might like this better than Harry Potter. First book to first book, I like this better than Philosopher's Stone. I have to. I'll have to read the rest of the series too. You called one of my friends treasonous when she said that. Did I? Was it Emmy? <laughs> no, it was Bailey. Bailey Miller. Oh, I didn't call. I didn't say it to her. I haven't seen her in forever. But I'll apologize to her if I ever see her. <laughs> Bailey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You might be right. <laughs> um. So one of the good, I think one of the good points about this to the age thing we talked about earlier is anything that was dark kind of happened off screen right yes i love that because like i'm gonna skip to the complete end of the book yeah that's fine unless there's other scenes in the middle that we thought were big um i also like when uh i'll just add this keith teases her for a getting detention but b uh burning off dame uh, whatever her alina alina's cape love that part but um, the only darkness is really when they get kidnapped. And with most books, is why I hate when creepy, they turn movies into really creepy. is because it's all through your imagination. You can't extremely, cre- I can't actually, extremely creep my out, myself out through the, my imagination. It will stop itself at one point. Uh, but when they take it into movies, 
Hollywood can do really creepy stuff. <laughs> yeah, but in this case, it, it's I could see the scene being, if they did a movie, of just like her eyes opening, a few things happening, and then them closing back off again, and you never see if anything bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Which, it, as far as we know, they, they starved him to death or, or mm-hmm. for a while, but like... Nothing. Didn't actually hurt mm-hmm. them too bad. They burned her a little bit, but and I think they burned Dex, right? I love the fact that yes. um, yeah. she was sitting in the cave, and Dex could tell that she was mad, and they had been in a fight because she was hanging out with the backers, and he still comes and finds her. Like, I'm sorry for what I did. Something's obviously bothering you. Like, what can I do? But then it gets to that point. <laughs> right. They end up getting he's a good out. friend. Yeah. Adorable. Cause de- okay. I, I can only imagine what it was like then for Grady and Adeline, Adeline going through losing another, another child. <laughs> like especially because they had a funeral as well, and like it. Yeah, which I mean, those things don't happen often. Now they've had to deal with two in their lifetime. Um, I'm the one getting confused about what happens in which book now because I just started the second one. I'm like, wait a minute. I think that's in the second book. Yeah. But. Like, nothing big happens on screen. Hmm. So we find out that these characters are not the Black Swan. Mm-hmm. But, and the Black Swan might have tried to help. I like the, the callback to her realizing that it was her next door neighbor. Yes. It's, I'm not doing anything. I don't, you keep making this face like I'm not. Yeah, like, you are right on that. Yeah. Um, yes, but she's making faces like there's more to it, and she doesn't want to give something away. It's okay if the screen goes black. I love the fact that Sophie's just like, Dex, and don't take me without taking him. She probably would have been mm. fine if, like, Dex was freed, and then they came back from her. Because mm-hmm. she understands that it's her fault that he's in this situation to begin Ooh, yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they how she explains the massive power set that she has and the ability to you know send telepathic messages across the continents because she they were in Paris and they were oh Calif- she was in California before we don't know where the city is exactly but I well mean, the lost cities are all over the the houses are all over the world right so but she's sending this message out to Fitz from miles away from in miles a drug delirium and then she her inflictor power comes to life and she like knocks people out right immediately so she's obviously some cor- some genetically engineered mutant alien elven <laughs> character but say that three times fast i don't think i can say it again huh <laughs> you didn't remember what he said <sighs> but the clo- i thought the closure was good at the, the what was it? not the tr- yeah the tribunal it was kind of like was a tribunal all right let's try you know you're not going to punish her not like t- she didn't really do anything wrong Mm-hmm. So let's just move on past that and figure out how we resolve it and then get to the adoption part because that's the most important. But they put it in such like a beautiful way because all the teachers and most of the counselors were standing up for her. Yeah. Like she did did the transmitting thing from miles away. She passes my class. Yeah. And like they were just all making up excuses for her not to take oh, the right. finals and keep going. <laughs> like the alchemy though was like, I'll pass her. <laughs> that's as far no, as I No, she said go. no. <laughs> and they're like, she doesn't have to qualify for classes. Oh, that's right. Go that's take right. the inflicting instead. 
Which, I'm curious, okay, so they planted the seed with Bronte to be this bad guy. I'm not going to look at Laura because something's going on. But <laughs> I'm interested to see, is he is he like a Snape character? Is he is he a Hurt character that I makes him such a jerk? I haven't thought about or, that Snape character. That would be amazing. It would be too, I think that would be too derivative too, for, too for too the exact same yeah. thing. But he could be a member of the Black Swan that's treating her badly just to cover his tracks. Oh. Um, or he could just be a jerk. And then even for the blocks want to have a counselor on the... <gasps> Dad! You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I don't find this out by the third <laughs> My brain just exploded really bad. Um, so I'm just going to say really quickly, my favorite moment is kind of when Sophie wakes up after being kidnapped. She's already concerned for Dex and I like that but her and Fitz ha start having a telepathic conversation and um, Keith is like whoa no more telepathic conversations or I have to assume you guys are flirting and I just love love that scene it's just a really yeah it's just a really great scene with his character right, <laughs> on that we're going to call this bring this show to an end so check out our next episode which will be of mice and men although we reserve the right to change that because we're doing this three months in advance check out everything we have to say at reading-radio.com where you can also find our facebook group go ahead and follow us those are the folks to get to vote and tell us what books we're going to read it's where we get all of our inspiration and hopefully you'll find great ways to find love of literature and have a great conversation around the table like we're having now so until next time i'm jason and I'm Laura. Happy reading. <laughs>